TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 542, and I am Libya, your host. And this week, we have returning guests. Hi, this is Tom, and I chair the communication department at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hey, this is Peter. I write for WhySoBlue.com, and I live in Hollywood. All right. Let's, thanks, guys, and let's start off with the news. First up, they have finally cast uh, the new Doctor Who, and it will be... Shuti Gatwa from Sex Education on Netflix. And if you haven't seen it, I guess go check it out and see what the new Doctor's like. Um, Fred Savage has been let go of the Wonder Years for questionable behavior or bad behavior. Yes, he got fired. Um, Queens and Promised Land were both canceled at ABC. Quantum Leap has the quantum leap sequel has been picked up to series for NBC minx has been renewed for season two at HBO max and equalizer has, has gotten uh, season three and four at uh, CBS. Uh, Tom, you have some news. Amazon Freevee, formerly IMDb TV, has ordered Bosch legacy season two, and they've got a new movie output deal with Disney. AMC announced that the Mayfair Witches series has cast Jack Houston as Lasher. Apple TV Plus announced that Kate Blanchett and Kevin Kline, uh, psychological thriller series Disclaimer, has cast Lewis Partridge. And also at Apple TV Plus, Nicholas Coster-Waldau will join Jennifer Garner in the limited series The Last Thing He Told Me. CBS scored its 14th consecutive viewers win for the season that's ending, and NBC was tops in core demographics, 18 to 49. Disney Plus has cast Aryan Simhadri as Grover and Leah Sava Jeffries in the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series. And they also uh, revealed that Marvel Studios buried secret messages in QR codes in Moon Knight. Like, I'm going to spend time to figure that out. I don't think so. Um, Justified City Primeval has added eight to the cast, including Ingenue Ellis, Boyd Holbrook, and Marin Ireland. And Ed O'Neill will play Donald Sterling in the Sterling Affairs limited series. Uh, HBO Max has picked up Julia for season two. Victoria Pedretti has exited Saint X series and will be replaced with Alicia Debnam Carey. Uh, Netflix picked up Sweet Magnolias for season three. Jeff Daniels will lead the David E. Kelly series A Man in Full, and Regina King will direct and executive produce. Uh, Dead to Me creator Liz Feldman received a series order for No Good Deed. Peacock canceled the Saved by the Bell reboot slash revival. Boo! And that's it. All righty. Let's start off with the news. First up, we're going to talk about Barry. And we have two episodes to talk about because we totally forgot about it last week. Um, so we have the premiere in episode two. And what I thought was fantastic about the premiere was that you basically have Barry is all depressed and sad. But you still you have the, the oh 
God, what is his name? The teacher, Professor Cousineau? Oh, Cousineau. Cousineau. Gene Gene Cousineau. Thank you. Uh, I really like that he's still trying to get Barry prosecuted. He's at the police. Nobody believes him. And so he decides to take it into his own hands and take out Barry, which was a terrible plan. I was like, <laughs> you're going to try to take out a hitman with an old gun that like, looks like a prop gun? Um, and, of course, the, 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 the hilarity that ensues is that the gun, like, literally falls apart in his hand. He literally falls apart. And it disintegrates. <laughs> It's so good because Barry like doesn't know because at first he's like Barry's like slightly scared he's like oh man he's gonna kill me this is my end and then the gun just like collapses and rolls under the desk and he's like but I love the way huh. Henry Winkler played that scene because it was like he's just so steely and angry and this is right. the last woman and all of a sudden the gun falls apart and he's like we can talk this out right <laughs> <laughs> that was so good and I I was scared that Barry was going to kill him, especially when you start with the open. I was I was scared that that was where this was going, but I'm really glad it didn't. Um, I'm really happy that at the end of the episode, Barry comes up with this brilliant idea, which is a terrible idea, but it's a brilliant idea, and he's super happy. But let's do the first episode before we get into the second. Any other thoughts? What do you guys think? What do you think of the first one? I was just glad that they didn't say, you know, after that season finale, you expect that most ordinary shows would string that out for a couple of episodes before Kuzino confronts him. And they do it right away. Right, right. Which which means, we, we especially when you get to episode two, we get to take, take it to places you'd never think. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good, yeah. Uh, Allison, go ahead. Well, the other thing I loved about this episode was we got to see a little more of the relationship between Noho Hank and Cristobal, and they make a great couple. They did. I they were cute. The two of them they together. were cute. They were adorable together. I think they're probably the healthiest couple on the show. Um, and the, what, I think he, you know, Noho Hank has kind of gotten overbearing. And he made that really clear at, in in that one scene where they're they're talking next to the pool. Uh, you know, he's just he can't trust him. He can't depend on him, and yep. he's he's not going to deal with him anymore. So it it kind of added to that that feeling of Barry just being completely you know hanging on by his fingernails and not knowing what to do with himself, which fueled the rest of the episode. And I thought that was great. I I loved all that. Oh, Peter, your thoughts. Uh, I liked it. I I still am more of a fan of Barry being a comedy than a drama. So, like, the crime stuff is always, like, not as compelling to me. Um, but no, no, no. But the first two episodes I thought were very strong. And I am I feel like I'm most interested to see what's going to happen, what's going on with Kim and Sally. Sally now living together and his outburst and, like, all of that stuff I'm pretty interested in. Um, oh, and I also like, yeah, and, and with Allison, I also really love NoHo Hank. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought I watched the two back to back, so I didn't see it the week before. So I just watched them two in a row and, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's off to a good start. Um, like I said, I just, I, I, you know, I, I wish we could, I like Sally being this showrunner and then like basically another show kind of scoop them with like the idea. And like, I like all that stuff the same way I love Gene being the acting coach and like Barry, being in the class like that's the stuff i really like so i want more of that so more of sally and everything i guess well i mean barry just did an audition 
Oh, well, that's true. Oh, you're, you're right. Right. And he got a part. I forgot about that. Yes. So we'll see where that goes. Well, yeah. that, that was in, that was in uh, the second episode, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. True. But yeah. he, he went into the second, and yeah, we can go into the second now. Watch back. But uh, yeah, yeah. We are segueing. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I like it. Again, I just yeah. Um, I in as far as the opening, the first episode, I did like. I knew that guy was going to die when the guy's like, no, it's cool. We're all friends now. Like, <laughs> all, all off the hit. I was like, yeah, he's going to kill you both. Like, uh, and he does it so matter of factly. It's just like, boom, boom. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, I'm liking it. I, I'd say the most compelling, the thing that got me convinced that I'm going to love this season of Barry, though, is you know, he's keeping Kuzino in the trunk and they're going through and then he gets away and they go through the whole chase. And at the very end, when they're sitting on the couch at his son's house and he he tells Kuzino, he's like, you know, I love you, right? And he's like, do you love me? And I was like, the correct answer is yes. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, uh, yes. And he's like, say it, say it. And I was like, this is getting very disturbing. And he says, and he's like, say it again. And I was like, uh-oh. I don't That's know where this is going. It was great, though. I loved it. Was, it. it was brilliant. And, and Henry Winkler was amazing in that scene. Because you could just you could see everything, the, the terror and the hatred. Yes. And, and the anger just seething up. And he's like saying yes through gritted teeth. And then he asks him to say it again. And, and it just ends with it, you know, with him just staring at him, trying to force those words out. Right. And that that was brilliant but i i have to say in the second episode the scene that got to me um and actually it's a pair of them the scene where barry just has a complete meltdown in front of sally right and backs her up against the wall and he's screaming at her and i mean everyone in the room is staring at them and you realize he has become the abusive boyfriend that mm-hmm. she seems to have a pattern of falling for yep and and she's once again in this relationship and she's like oblivious to it. She's shutting well, she's down the trying to like brain, she's trying to like apologize to him. And I was like, which wait, makes that was just no sense really sense. sad. But yeah. she's falling into the same patterns. And there's a later scene where she's at home and she's actually bought him like a new controller, controller for yeah. his, his video game. She's yep. apologizing. And, she, and she's yeah. apologizing. She's cooked him a dinner and she's and and it's it's so heartbreaking to watch because just she is systematically without being aware of it has fallen into exactly the same patterns she was in before. I thought yeah, it was, I, was, I was, Oh, go ahead, Tom. I thought it was really interesting that because the incident, you know, on her show happened in public and shook other people up. They're like, what do we do about this? <laughs> like, well, he's not an employee, so we really can't do anything but it's it's fascinating that none of them thought to pull her aside and said, hey, are you okay? Yeah, that didn't occur yeah. to anybody, right? Oh. Yeah. Well, you know why? Why? Because she's terrible. Like the, <laughs> I, think, I think that... She doesn't seem that terrible that, at work. I don't think her... her what are you co-work... talking about? That's, she's awful at work. That That's what I think is interesting is that we have sympathy for her with the way Barry treats her. But she is so terrible to the people at work. That whole thing with the dress, 
Well, then she's like, I don't want it to be blue. I'm like, dude, why are you being such a dick about this? Like, well, I, first yeah, of all, I, I, that I, dress was legitimately blue every was, time the person showed it to her. It was, it was, <laughs> I was just like, I would have was, been annoyed too. I'm sorry. I don't know. I think she's in a she's in a position of of control. This is, and she's worried because this show first, rests entirely on yeah, her. Yeah, it's, it's her first I, show. I think it's, yeah, and I think it's her first time with that kind of power. And so I don't know, man. I I've always thought Sally is pretty not great. Like, I mean, well, she's not. She's, she's not. Well, she has. Person, so, she like, is because she has so many different neuroses and things, and she's also spending half of her time trying to placate the whatever man is in her life. And what? I think it's just kind of it just wears on her, so that when she's not in that situation she hasn't got anything left for anybody else so she's just focused on on what her needs but I, she's yeah. not dealing with that i'm so just she's saying not that, really a healthy person yeah i mean i'm just, my, so my reaction was that like when that happens to her like it's a very shocking moment but on the same end it would be i get the notion of being a if you're a pa or something on there it's like wow this is really wrong but she's also not great to me. So what am I supposed to? Yeah. So I get it. Like I was like, I thought that scene played out pretty much. I think the way it would have played out and that, and that they would be talking afterwards, be like, well, he didn't physically do anything. Like, so what can we do? And the one lady on the laptop's like, I want to keep my job. And you're like, yeah, I mean, that's again, I'm not saying that's good, but it's like, no, but it's real. I think. Yeah. Nobody wants to rock the boat. The job is security is going to be if they do something like that. Correct. Totally. All right, well, let's let's move on and wrap up. I mean, this episode is fantastic. These two together were really, really great. So thumbs up for Barry. Uh, I can't wait for the next new episode. Uh, next up, let's talk about The Rookie, and this was part two of uh, The Backdoor Pilot. And I would say they spend a little more time introducing us to, because I think last time, Peter, you were like, Backdoor pilot, like pilots like this, depends on the people they surround them with, what the crew is like. So in this episode, we spent more time with the other members of the team, so we would get a better idea of what the crew would be like. And they're okay. Like, yeah. I mean, I feel like now the case itself was. I liked it. I thought it was a decent case. But do I want to spend time with with uh, Nisi Nash and her team? I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I need to see a legit pilot with just them. She's okay, but I don't know if I'm, I would be compelled to watch every week. Yeah, no, I agree. I felt the same. And I was actually a little bummed because I had forgotten that the rookie ended with, with, the, uh, with the cliffhanger. And so when I hit play, I was like, oh, we're still dealing with this. Like, uh, <laughs> like I, I was hoping we were just getting a normal episode because, because I mean, the, the, the issue as a fan of the of the rookie is that you're right. Not only are we focusing on Nishi Nash, but because now they're expanding it to her boss, and then you know, or at least the two people in the FBI. And you're right; they weren't bad or anything. But we have like no time with any of the other besides Nathan Fillion. We really don't get any other time with the rest of the cast of the rookie, which is what I really like. So just. In that point of view, I was kind of like, ah, was like let's just get through this. Um, the episode, was, yeah, I would agree. It's it's fine. Like I didn't I didn't hate it. Um, would I watch this FBI trainee? Is this just going to be called the FBI trainee? Like, is that it's what probably going to be? be called the rookie FBI? That's oh, my guess. Right, that's I my guess. Right. That makes sense. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, eh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I like Beachy Nights. I don't, yeah, it's okay. I guess we'll have to see the case. I mean, another, another thing about about Los Angeles is because uh, we live in, on the way, well, except for Tom, who's, you know, now moved. But it's like, when I watch The Rookie, another another part of that show for me is like, oh, it's it's L.A., it's downtown. And so I don't know where they're going to set Rookie, Rookie, Rookie FBI. So, so we'll see, you know. All right. That's all that's really to say about that. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk Better Call Saul. And uh, so last week's episode was the super depressing one. And then this week's episode, um, we're dealing with uh, the scam that uh, Saul and Kim are trying to pull off. And we see more because I swear to God, when Saul first started walking down the street and he was dressed as Hamlin, I actually I was like, wait, is this after his heart attack? Is there something wrong with his skin? Like, like I was literally trying to figure out what was happening until they got to a wider shot and I saw his suit and stuff. And I went, oh, he's Hamlin. Like and then I was like, "Okay, never mind. But I was genuinely concerned for the when they show the first close up shot. I was like. What the heck happened to him? <laughs> but the episode was the episode was really good. Go ahead, Tom. Uh, no, it's I I I saw immediately he either fake baked or put some orangish makeup on. Well, yes, obviously. But I but really was, did think something was, was wrong with him at first. I mean, the thing is, they fully this is such a bad plan, but they might get away with it. <laughs> they, I mean, they committed. They they put a lot of effort, they a lot committed. of effort. And I like that Kim was like, oh, I might get a side deal out of this. And like in the setup and she was stalling, she had to pitch the other guy this crazy idea that he totally bought. And she's like, oh, now I really got to pitch this for real. (laughs) Uh, Allison, your thoughts. I just I, I, you know, I mean, it's so insane. All of this. It's you, you watch it and it's hilarious. And and obviously it worked. But you're just the whole time that you're watching it, you're going, "Why? Yes, why are you doing why? This? <laughs> why is this so important? You will blow up your career if they find out you're doing this, right? Um, so uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy, but it's it's fun to watch. Um, oh, I, I, I did the... like oh the ostracizing Saul at the courthouse. You want to touch on? Oh that? yeah. Um, yeah, because he walks in and all of a sudden nobody is talking to him. They're all they're all shunning him. They're looking at him with little sneers. And, you know, it's this he's completely oblivious as as to why. And when he finally finds out that, yeah, well, you know, guess what? People aren't that thrilled with you being a, a mob lawyer. Um his reaction to it kind of is is typical of of what we see later on in Breaking Bad. You know, he's committed. This is it. This is this is his purview now. Um, I think so he I, was a little sad about it until he found out it it made him a lot of business. Like when he lo- found out he lost his friends at the courthouse and everything, he was all like, "Nobody will sit with me at lunch." But then once he started getting all these phone calls and he realized he had all this client base, he was like, screw that. Like, let's do this. You know, Yeah. well, when he walks into the nail salon, yeah. it's just everyone there is is for him. Um, I thought that I thought that was great. But I think, you know, he also even before that he's it's like, yeah, there's a downside to it. 
but he was defiant in that stairwell. You know, he was he was definitely not backing down or trying to give excuses or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously on that path. Seeing him um, pick out what we know is going to be the storefront for him in Breaking Bad was kind of great. It's it's like, you know, this is this is this little little I wouldn't call it quite an Easter egg, but it's a little moment that that shows you what's what's coming in the in the future. So I like that. It was good to see Huel with her little Mission Impossible caper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of that was was really cool, and and I liked also. Was I think it was actually last week's episode where Huel was like, "You guys are legit lawyers. What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Why are you doing this?" And he's like, "Uh, I don't know." Um, but anyway, so thumbs up for Better Call Saul. This season has, is shaping up really nicely. Uh, next up, we're going to talk uh, Russian Dolls. And this is season two. We're going to talk the first two episodes, and I know most people have probably slammed through the whole series. I watched the first two and was like, why am I watching this? Like, the premise of the problem in the second season is not up to the quality of first season. First season was amazing. And this was just like, it felt like a cheap imitation. Well, not only that, but first season was a breezy binge. This one, it took me a while to get through these first two. And I'm like, right. you know, let me, let me see what my buddy Barry's doing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I give them props for, for abandoning the time loop, but then to actually have her time travel. And I don't know what the rules are at all. It no. just seems so... Arbitrary. You need it to be at the moment, which is yeah. It's a- like, how does she know how to get back and forth on the subway? That doesn't make any sense either. Like, she's like, okay, I check the subway and look at what people are wearing, and this is the right one to 2019. But if I look in the subway and everybody's wearing old school stuff, this is the one to to whatever. I forgot what well, year she's no, there, there's to. there's a specific number for for the car that she wants. I, um, I, I, I but it doesn't make any sense. It does, but that, but that's how she knows which one to get on is the number. It, it it takes her either you know back in time or forward. Now the the thing that's inconsistent is it takes her to different time periods sometimes, and um, it's like how that happened. And not only different time periods, but different countries. Um, so I, it's it's a little it it just doesn't have the solidity of concept. And, and the stakes the don't feel. Did. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. The it's like is, we're trying to find this bag of gold, and I was like, okay. And she wa- She does all this craziness to get the bag of gold, and then she leaves it on a subway seat. Anybody who's ever ridden a subway ever in life knows <laughs> you don't leave stuff on your seat. You keep it with you unless you want it to be stolen immediately. And she's a lifelong New Yorker. Exactly. So if anyone should know this. She should. But you know, the thing is, there, there's the, the the problem with this, and I I've seen the entire season. I did sit through the whole thing, and it's it's not unentertaining. I I enjoyed it. I think it builds momentum as it goes. It does get better. It does get a little more comprehensible. Um, the the main theme, which they finally let you know, is really it's not that bag of gold, but what that represents is the relationship between her and her mother, and her mother's fate, and which right. she is trying to find a way to change, and. Uh, the but they made her just, mother super unsympathetic. I exactly. don't like her and mother they, at they all. Don't change that they don't change that in this. So you just kind of wonder, 
I mean, why, why should I care? Uh, you understand, you have to just sort of intellectualize, well, well, I don't care, but I can understand why she would. Uh, but it's not the, it's not the kind of all encompassing, like the world will implode, time will cease to flow kind of thing or, uh, her life and death. And, and she's choosing to do it. She does. She's not like the time loop. She was stuck. She couldn't get out. It was killing mm-hmm. her. And so that gave it urgency. This is, I am choosing to go back in time. Well, not the first time, obviously, but after the first time, it's her choice. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, I don't care. It it is not, it is not as well done as the first season. It doesn't have themes that are as compelling. Um, I think if you want to sit through it, it's not going to be a complete waste of of time. It, It passes the time. It's entertaining, but it is not the kind of must-see, brilliant viewing that season one was. I'm wondering, why don't, you know, if you do a really great limited series, instead of trying to continue it, why not just come up with another good idea? Yeah. yeah. In, instead of beating the dead horse and making a sophomore season that nobody's happy with except for your agent and manager. But And they're planning on doing a season three. I... I, I'm, just, I'm just like, why? Yeah. Why? Um, right. I, I I didn't understand why it was going to get a second season at the end of the first one because I thought it was perfect. Yeah, exactly. it ends. This is this is this is always Peter's thing. He's always like, make it one season and be done. This should have been one season Limited and done. Series. One and done. Limited yeah. series. All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk Moon Knight season finale. Um, or is it the series finale? Oh yeah, they. Marvel posted both. They were like, tune in for the series finale. And then five seconds later, like, uh, tune in for the season finale. I well, think... the star says he's... The star said season, series finale. <laughs> oh, did he? Unless well, they're going to throw a big wad of money at him. I'm sure they'll throw some money at him. because if, if it has high enough ratings or whatever they determine with a streaming service, I assume that they'll go with a second season. I think that they're planning on a second season. From Marvel's point of view, at least. Uh, but I, this was nicely done. It ends in a really good place. And somebody pointed out the one thing about this show, this is a superhero series where the superhero was the least interesting thing about it. Because uh, you just wanted to watch Oscar Isaacs. Like, he was so good with all his personalities, with all, you know, the things he was going through. Though I will say the fight at the end was super cool when he was cha- when he was like changing between the suits like mid punch like that was kind of cool I really did like that um, but I, I overall I would say it ended well I, I was happy with the finale any other go ahead I I thought it was okay I thought I thought it was an extremely flawed series I love Oscar Isaac I think he gave it his all for this character um, but I I don't think it was written particularly well. And the, the ending just looked kind of like a mess to me. I mean, these two Godzilla-sized gods going at each other on w- what is a huge tourist attraction. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, when especially when they it was daylight and they have this the, the group of bad guys who are climbing the, the pyramid. And I'm going, well, where are all the other tourists? Well, if you got right a bunch of gunmen going up the thing, I'm sure the tourists were elsewhere. Well, I, you know, do you know how many tourists are there? And not just tourists, but vendors all over the place. Camels you can ride. I mean, there's, it's like, it's huge. I mean, there's, there's, there's tons of people. I mean, and, and instead they just show these people going up like 
I, I don't know, maybe it was during COVID and everybody was gone. But um, <laughs> it, it just looked silly that there was nobody there and nobody even noticing them. Uh, so I, I, it was, it was just, it, I thought, I thought it was written weekly. Oh, just overall. I did like certain things. I loved Tarawet, the, 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 the hippo god. Hippopotamus. The, she was fantastic. Um, uh, Layla as a character. She ended up being really good. I was not thinking I was going to like her, but by the end, I really did like her. She well, was terrific. And her switching between Tarawet and, and Layla arguing with each other was she handled that really well. I thought that that was a great scene. I was um, just glad that they gave her agency and didn't let her become a damsel in distress. Yes. Yes, very yes. much so. Yeah, she so, saved so herself. She saved herself a lot. So I, yes. I did enjoy that. So I overall liked it. I would definitely tune in for another season. Um, I thought that, yeah, Oscar Isaac was fantastic. And... We all knew that there was a third personality. Apparently, he speaks Italian or is it Spanish? I can't remember. Spanish. Now. Spanish. Spanish. Um, so I I want to know about the third personality. I want to know who that dude is. Jake. Yeah. So that's why I want a second season. I thought it was, you know, it's interesting because all the Marvel series do this. They, you know, they beg, borrow, and steal from whatever version of the characters, however long the characters lasted. So it was interesting for such a, a fairly obscure character. I mean, fan favorite, but you know, it's a bit of a deep cut. But that they they went kind of a not. You, you don't really get the origin until episode five, which uh, I can see why they did it. It's the mystery. I don't necessarily agree that that was the right choice, and that's a problem I had with Nate. I mean. With Naomi, my impatience was the fact that here's a character who not only is new to comics, but they just fumbled out of the gate and the acting was just so atrocious. This has good acting, great production value, but I think it would it have been a little bit more accessible to front loaded instead of, you know, having people holding on just because they love Oscar Isaac. So that's, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. But like Peter said, he got those those earlier episodes. Episodes two and three really were kind of redundant. And you could have basically done one, four, five, and six and had a great tight series, which I guess is not in the cards these days for anything that's, you know, multi-part. There's a lot of bloat going on. Uh, Peter? Oh, you know, I, I, I didn't watch it. Like, I, I don't know why. I... I like I was I you know I liked the last episode but I've been yeah I've been very weird on on Moon Knight where there's a there's a lack of like I have to watch this like type of thing but it sounds like you guys enjoyed it well, yeah overall. I thought the finale yeah. was good yeah I, I, uh, I think um, you should te- definitely check out the finale you should not um, leave it's yeah. only one more episode like come on that's true so maybe I'll check it out all right uh, moving on next up we're gonna talk about Halo and since Peter just talked. What did you think about Halo? This is your least favorite character. It's all about Quan. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, it was. What was that thing? You know, it's that. There's that saying about like you. You're, you don't really. You don't want to like have your dessert before your before your veggies or whatever. Like because this was sort of that. Because last week's Halo was pretty much everything I wanted in the show. And it moved the story forward with everything that I was really concerned with, and, and what I think we would all agree is the, the stronger aspects of the show. And so, 
when I saw the thumbnail for this episode, I was like, oh no, it's going to be all Quan. I was like, that's, that's going to be the whole episode. And it was. Like, <laughs> I mean, the best thing I could say about it is that, and I'm assuming Allison will agree, it pretty much resolves her story. So we have the finale next week. And I'm assuming it got picked up for season two. It did. So I'm assuming yes. they. Can, I'm assuming that they will. Yeah, know. next week is the finale. So yeah, it's nine episodes. So I, I'm assuming they know the feedback they got on the Quan story, which again is really nothing to do with the actual actress. I, like as Allison has said, I liked her in the. I liked that character in the pilot and stuff. But they, if they want to bring back that character and Soren to a degree. They really need to figure out how it's going to work with John's story and in the bigger picture. Because at this point, I'm fine if we never see those characters. Like, actually, I like Soren, but I'm fine if we never go back to Madrigal. I'm like, yep, you know, you resolved it. You killed the Torchwood guy. Like, it's, I don't love the episode, but it was more of a relief to me that I was like, ah, okay, it's, it's done. You know, so now, <laughs> now we get to hopefully a good finale. Um, yeah, I don't really have much more. It just it felt more like an obligation watching. Like I'm not gonna fast forward because I was like, well, I don't know. What if there's I mean the one thing they say is when she's in her weird dream state, they're like, Oh, the Master Chief, they're like, You will see him again. And I was like, Okay. I was like, I guess somehow their fates are entwined. I'm not sure exactly how, but okay. So meh. I didn't really care. <laughs> Allison, go ahead. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, as much as I loved last week's episode, I, I ended it kind of with this feeling of dread of if we've had an entire episode that's nothing but Master Chief, does that mean we're going to get the next episode and it's nothing but Quan? And sure enough, they went there and they, um, it, it was, it was, you know, just about as medicinal, uh, an episode as they could find you know it's like yes this is what we have to take in order to get to the good stuff later um and like peter i i it's fine they they resolved everything they got her to a certain point where you could at least tell what her function was you know why she, why is she particularly important um and they they made very clear i think that yes master chief is important to her storyline. I mean, he's the one who was kind of her spirit guide after she took the uh, the drug and had her, her little vision quest. Um, so I think that they're linked together absolutely. I don't know if she's going to play any part whatsoever in the finale, but certainly in, in season two, they're, they're going to bring them back together again. And I do hope that the, the story has more coherence at that point because I think they work together just fine. Right. Um, and, and that was, that's all, that's all great. It's, it's being sidetracked into a B story that nobody cares about. That is the, is the problem with her. She as a character is, is perfectly okay. And I think that she works, she would work great as a side. And I, I like Soren too. I, I like, yes. Soren oh, well. I love Soren. I think he's wonderful. And, and everything that's going on with his little, group i think is terrific um but uh yeah i think i think they just need they needed to well, do i think i think what's going to end up happening is that portal that she found out that she's the protector of i think that portal is going to become important and oh, yeah. I, I think that's where it's all coming so we're like okay so now we know that there's a portal 
it's probably going to be able to teleport you from one place to another and it's her job to protect it and that's and the master chief my guess is going to pop out of that portal or need to use it one of the two that's my guess uh tom your thoughts yeah i did not enjoy i mean when i I kept waiting for master chief to show up and the dream didn't count it's like oh man by the end it's like I guess we're not seeing Master Chief. <laughs> yeah, she's clearly a supporting character, and don't put her in the lead for an entire episode. I mean, if it if Bokeem Woodbine hadn't been doing his thing, I would have been bored. Yeah, <laughs> As, I can see that. With such generic desert planet, whatever, sci-fi epic... Bl- Is any of this backstory from the games at all? No. Okay, so they're just making up stuff that's... We've been there. And she's a new, she's a brand new character. Soren, no, Soren's not a new character, but she's a brand new character, and her whole storyline is brand new. On. Anyway, so let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about outer range. And I, when I say we, I mean people who kept watching because I bailed. And I wish I had. What a waste of my time. Go ahead. Keep yeah. talking. Just, you know, I watched these last two episodes. It wasn't quite hate watching, but after episode seven, I don't know which episode it is, when the big reveal that dad is actually from the 19th century and fell through the hole and popped up in like the 50s or whatever. And by that point, I'm like, I don't really care. This is just stupid. (laughs) And it makes no sense that, you know, Autumn is a grown-up Amy who evidently has fallen through the portal at some time. It's just everything, nothing, it didn't make a lick of sense. It's just everything that was intriguing in that pilot was squandered over the the next seven episodes. Shame on them. They go on the do not watch list for me. But but not the actors, but the the showrunner and any of his accomplices. (laughs) His accomplices! (laughs) Wow! Any of, his, more any of his dark minions. <laughs> I, I could have been struggling trying to keep up with su- subtitles, catching up on Tokyo Vice instead of watching this crap. I'm I'm enjoying and Tokyo Vice, by the way. More time, I swear to God. <laughs> All right, yeah, this Allison. Was, this was yeah, this was not hey. a great great way to spend my time. Um, you know, and it and I I resent it because it's I. I thought it was intriguing to begin with when I first started watching the thing, but more and more as the episodes go by less and less is happening. It just felt like they were dragging the story out for no particular reason. Characters do things that don't make any sense. Nobody talks to each other when they do talk to each other. Nobody says anything that a real human being would say. Um, it, It just kept meandering on. And this, these last, two episodes that were shown back to back um it it was just the 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 culmination of everything bad that had happened before i i got the impression that somebody uh, watched dark the the german mind bender um uh time and space twist uh series said we can do better (laughs) said well they said let's do this but with cowboys (laughs) dumb uh, dark the dumb and, dark. <laughs> the dumb dark. Um, and it's it it just doesn't work. I'm sorry. The characters aren't compelling enough. The it, it may they may both hinge on on things like murders. Uh, although dark is more about disappearances. And but the but you don't care about it. It's not twisty enough. It they don't have the ability to to 
lock into why you should care about any of these characters or any of the things that's happening. They're not consistent with how this this hole in time and space is supposed to work or where it's supposed to take you. Uh, it, from what we can see, it, it, has an, it, it has a natural or supernatural origin, not a human origin. So there's nothing that the human beings in the story can do about it. So you don't, you don't see that there's ever going to be a real resolution of this anywhere in the offing. And, uh, you know, uh, the, it's, just, it's just such a preposterous waste of time. The, the one thing I will say, you know, from the very beginning, I was looking at the, the little girl, particularly the scene where the little girl and, and Autumn meet each other on this, this hiking trail. And they're standing next to each other. And it's so obvious they were cast to look exactly like each other. And I'm th- and this was like back in, in episode one or two. And I'm going, this is so obvious. She is the older version. I mean, we know that there's there's a hole in time. So this could happen. And yet it takes the lead. It takes Josh Brolin all the way until the very, very end of the very last episode. And, and not even looking at her face, but looking at a little scar she's got on, on her head to, to realize, oh, this is his granddaughter. And it's treated like some oh, big revelation grand- that the oh, yeah, audience, granddaughter. Could, granddaughter, okay. and that the audience could not have possibly figured out yeah, beforehand. And I'm oh, I came up with all these reasons why it wasn't true because I was like, well, it can't be true because it seems too obvious, and because she doesn't recognize her. The older version doesn't recognize the younger version. I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so. no, I think she did recognize her, but for whatever reason, she's keeping this information to herself. And she, she was being weirdly well. flirty with her grandfather. Because I know. Every, well, everything she does so, is so clever. Not. Yeah. The, it was... yeah. the thing is, if she's because we see her as a little girl and she's perfectly normal, and uh, and why like would she throw her grandfather into a pit? They'd never explain it. I mean, I assume that they they figured, uh, and this is hubris right there to assume they're going to get a second season where they'll explain it all. Um you know why why did she want to kill her grandfather why is she crazy now um why did she not remember things or fake remember not remembering things or something it's like i i i just i'm not going to be there for second season if they even (laughs) get it i i will never know what happened because i'm not investing more time in this show all right let's wrap this up so a, a a a network streaming service policy do not, do not greenlight a show with a first season cliffhanger unless season two is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. All right, Peter, you're th- what were you so, going to say, Peter? Because I, yeah, I stopped watching the show. I watched about, I didn't see the last two maybe, but like, so Allison, you made the dark comment. So now I don't have to watch dark because I've seen it. It's- oh, no, no, no. 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 Dark's this, balls. This wishes it was dark. Dark is probably one of the, the most amazing series ever put on television. Yeah, you be, I, we've been yelling at you to watch Dark forever, dude. You're this is not a get out of watching Dark. Yeah, this is not Dark. <laughs> also, right. they resolve. I'm just curious. Does season one end with them resolving the basically the murder of the guy in the beginning? Is that done? Is that story done? Sort of, kind of. Well, we well we know how he dies. Um, well, no, I, well, that's in the pilot. We know. I mean, yes, we see them kill him. We see the brother kills the guy. Yeah, I mean, I there's think... no, there's really no mystery there. 
Um, there's they do they do have a mystery about where the 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 uh, the girl's mom has disappeared to, and they still haven't resolved it. Even though uh, she uh, fell into the she, hole, she makes a reappearance. She well, the, we we assume she did, except we see her again at the very end. Um, in the very last episode, she appears without explanation. She takes the the little girl with her, and we we in don't the see them of the after rodeo. that. Yeah, in the middle of the rodeo, and we never see them after that. So we do, other than the fact that Autumn has a a scene where she's talking to someone she refers to as her mother angrily on on the phone. Um, we don't have any clue as to what's going on or where they went. Did they, tra- they must've traveled in time because of, you know, she's older in the same pe- time period, but we don't know where they went to or how they got there or anything else. Uh, we we all don't care, but let's move on. Let's That's move on. Pretty guys. Much let's move on. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Star Trek Picard, the season finale of season two. And I'm going to go first because I'm the only one who liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so I I'd say the two episodes before this were a complete waste of time and as Tom puts it it's like extra baggage it's not takes away from the season being tight because uh, those episodes were unnecessary we didn't need those we already knew about all this backstory in when we were in Picard's head we got all the backstory we needed we didn't need him running through the catacombs and having further flashbacks that don't really tell us any new information. And then the one where they got arrested by the cops, we didn't need that one either. Um, so this season could have been two episodes shorter. Uh, but it was like when they showed the previously on and they showed the Borg Queen, I was like, oh. Because they've never had a Borg Queen with like a mask or a helmet on before. And I thought it was like a cool design. But as soon as I saw it this time, I was like, oh, that's because Girardi's under that mask. Like, so then when they do the reveal later, it was pretty obvious, but I liked, I liked the episode and I did, I mean, it's kind of pretentious that the entire point of the entire season is that Q basically was like, I'm dying. And as my last thing that I want to do is I want to help Picard heal. And so this whole fiasco has all been about Q trying to help Picard heal and become a person who can receive and accept love. And I was like, well, if you say it out loud, that sounds silly. But the moment where Q like grabs his head and says that every God has his favorite, I was like, oh my God, I got like a little choked up. I was like, oh, I felt that. Um, I didn't care that what is it, Cristobal stayed back in the past. He is by far the least interesting character of the crew. So I was like, bye. Uh, I was very glad he's no longer going to be on the show. And it's not the actor, it's his character. It's super boring. Um, I did enjoy my Seven and uh, Rafi moment. I was very happy about that. So overall, I like the finale. I think that if you look at it from a wide lens of down to the whole series, I think there were two episodes that were completely unnecessary but I still enjoyed the season as a whole, as opposed to first season where I didn't enjoy it at all, even as a whole, even looking back. So I am done. You guys go forth and destroy the episode. I'll, I'll tag in first. Here, here's, here's my big problem. If the whole raison d'etre is, is the cue 
wants to provide inner healing for Picard, the retcon of his relationship with his mom, who was seen in episode what? 102? Sorry, 103. Sorry, it was where no one has gone before. One of the first batch of episodes of Star Trek Next Generation, he has the vision of Maman when the traveler whisked them to the, you know, far side of the universe. I just thought, we've known these characters for 30 plus years, and now you're going to retcon this mom had, you know, had bipolar tendencies or whatever. I just call I call a technical foul on that when the whole season depends on this, solving this problem we didn't know existed. So, no, I don't give them any grace for that. I just thought it was lame writing. It was. It was <laughs> terrible. I'm I'm inclined to call this, this entire series a dumpster fire, but it's more like a dumpster fire riding on top of a runaway train that jumps the tracks and rolls into a clown circus. Um, <laughs> it's just... That's a great image. I like that. Um, I mean, this, this nothing about this this series made any sense. I've said before that it, it there's they didn't have a single plot line. They've had they it's like they were experimenting. Let's have it be about this. No, let's have it be about that. No, let's have it about the other thing. And it it never settled really onto anything. And so in the very last episode, when they say no, actually it's about Q wanting to do something nice by having Picard, you know, discover his 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 inner kind person and resolve issues with a mother who we we didn't know he had issues about in 30 years as tom said um all of all of that was nonsense and it was it was it relied also on exploding canon that we know before the 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 whole well they erased his brother thing. they also erased, they erased his, brother. his brother they erased his brother they erased also um the uh the the way that entire uh, history is supposed to play out because they they talk about how you know they 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 go over uh Cristobal and what happens to him and how he ends and you know he dies in a bar fight but not before he does all these wonderful things and the kid her her son goes on to be a person who solves the the uh, energy crisis or something like that and i'm thinking wait a minute wasn't there was supposed to be a giant war and the, yeah the eugenics war right didn't that happen and well no they said everybody they set that up with uh sung he brought out the con file. He brought out the con file, but it's still it's if when they do that, but say no, but all these other good things happened, they're 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 intimating a different history. So it doesn't matter if like all these other good things happen if everything was destroyed anyway. Um, it's it's just it was it was ridiculous. They're they just kept doing things throughout and and ignoring the canon that we know about Q. I mean, they, it required them rewriting his entire character to make him this saintly figure who's, you know, this joyful, godlike creature. Well, to be fair, everything Picard. he did, he, he did it, they, they make it seem like he did it for Picard, but the way he did it was not saintly. Like, he could have just been like, hey, Picard, let's go over here to this pocket universe and discuss your personal issues. But yeah, no, I mean, he's like, let me rewrite time and make you work for it. So I didn't think little, that was particularly saintly, but well, but they they try to make it seem like everything that's happened is it was was all for Picard's benefit, and it was all right. you know to be to this be this kind, beneficent God before he dies. And I'm thinking that that's not the way Q has ever been written at all, ever. When they hug, well, he the always end, does favor. He, 
he he does always favor Picard. He always comes yeah, back. But as a toy to play with, not, not as something he really cares about. Honestly, the hug made me laugh. I actually I actually burst out laughing when they hugged. I I was like, You've gotta be kidding me. Um, so, you know, and the whole thing with Girardi, the, that reveal, I figured that out the week before, as soon as they had Girardi go off as the Borg queen, yeah, I thought, yeah. oh, right, of course, she's yeah, the one who's under I'm the not queen. saying that that, like um, I said, I figured that out before the episode as well, so I get you, but. But it was yeah. just bad. It was, it was so horribly written from beginning to end. I, I just, and it kills me because I love Patrick Stewart and he deserved better than this. I still, really I thoroughly enjoyed the finale. Um, I'm not disagreeing with some of your, your points, but I saw it from a different perspective. So, uh, I'd say it's up to the viewer. Um, I'm not saying that there were some weaknesses, weren't some weaknesses cause there absolutely were, but I, I really did enjoy parts of this story. But anyway, let's move on to Star Trek, strange new worlds. And we got the premiere, uh, of it this week. And let's start off with Peter. What did you think of the new characters, the new everything? I thought it was pretty enjoyable. I think it was a little overhyped for me only in that uh, one of the sites I go to gave it like a 9 out of 10. And I was like, oh, because I, you know, I know that Allison and other people have been – people have been a little mixed on the new Star Trek shows, like very up and down. And I love the color palette because I was like, oh, this looks like the 60s, like Star Trek and everything. And I was like, oh, so it's Pike. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Like, um, so I I thought it was a, a very solid premiere. I I really like the cast. I like the guy playing Pike. He's very very charming. I'm glad Rebecca Romaine is going to be in it. Um, I guess my only my only nitpick. Well, it's not really a nitpick. My only issue in the I don't think it's like a nine or whatever is it's really not that it's it's the kind of plot that makes sense for a pilot because it's like, oh, it's the kind of thing where at the end, so much of Star Trek, and I am I am the least Star Trek person on this podcast, but so much of Star Trek is always that like their prime directive is like, if you go to another planet, you can't just introduce new technologies. You're not really supposed to interfere. So they put them in a situation where it's like, well, wait a minute, how do they have warp drive capabilities? And they made it into a bomb. What's going on with that? And then it all folds into what Libya told me happened on discovery and i guess it thematically makes sense that that would be a pilot episode but it's also not super engaging because it's kind of like oh it's essentially they land he ends up giving a big speech and then that's it you know so like in that way i think the plot's okay um however yes i really like the characters i i and i and i love the and again i love the colors i love the the outfits and everything. So I'm, I'm definitely in. I'm definitely like, oh, I, I, I definitely want to see this more than I have most Star Trek shows. So for me, it was a positive. But I'll be curious to see what you guys say because you guys know way more about Star Trek than I do. All right, Tom, you go. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's, um, it's the closest of all the sequel series to evoking classic Star Trek. I, I rewatched uh, The Cage yesterday. The uh, which was not in what I bought on iTunes. Boo iTunes for leaving out episode zero of classic Star Trek, but it is on streaming on Paramount Plus. But um, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the new characters, the the cast is likable. Um, but I thought it was, it's really interesting that it's 
what I what I want to do is rewatch the disco episode where there was a direct sequel to the cage, because in that that um, that cool matte painting from Classic Trek with the gold dome and that's that there was an incident there where a bunch of crewmen died before the cage, so Pike was in a bit of a funk. So that's kind of his, you know. He gets when he gets shook, he's like, "Ah, oh, forget this. I'm going back to my ranch with my horses." <laughs> so, I, you know, on this show, at least they seem to, you know, granted, there's only one episode with the original character in it, but they didn't have all these weird continuity problems or retcon that they had with Picard. But the thing with, um, you know, the full on indictment of, you know, talking about the second civil war, which led into World War Three and the eugenics war, I thought that I was not surprised that this that this uh this version of star trek would go there in terms of tying in but that's that roddenberry would have done it i mean that is that is who he was if you look at back at some of those 60s episodes with fairly heavy-handed morality but right now i really appreciate the 60s sense of optimism of space being the final frontier and people being able to set aside their petty squabbles unite and move to the stars so you know Loved it. Allison? Um, I overall really like this this series. Um, I I think it looks fantastic. Oh, it's, it's gorgeous! Beautifully yeah. done. They had some great shots. Even this, even the beginning when when he's riding along in the snow, um, just great, great little vistas. And then they had fun with the camera angles and things like that. I was, I think it's just it's beautiful to look at. Um, they they do a wonderful job, I think, with the costumes and the sets in which they recall the look of the 60s series while at the same time giving it enough of a new spin that it doesn't look all cheap and antique. But it yep. also doesn't do that. It, it doesn't go the discovery way of like erasing everything and going, yeah, no, this is all beautiful, great, terrific new stuff. And, and where'd that go <laughs> a generation later? Um, so it's I, I appreciate the the both the, the uh, adherence to the look of the old series and it does have the feel of the old series. They, they respect canon, which I, I appreciate. Um, I think that for a first, it, it, it works well for a first uh, episode for a premiere. Um, it is a little rough around the edges. Um, the the storyline, I agree with Peter, I think is kind of rote, but again, it's, it, it introduces everybody. It gets you up to speed. Um, I did not see, especially for people I think like me, I, I did not watch uh, the season of Discovery where they brought these characters in. So I, I don't know what they did with them. And I would I, say I, if you like this show, you should at least check it out because Pike is in command of Discovery for the season. Mm-hmm. And so if you like Pike, you might like some of that season. And I do like, I, I think that their take on the character is really good. I love Anson Mount's portrayal of him. I like Anson Mount anyway, um, and I, I think he does a great job with this oh, character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think overall they did a, a great job of casting a lot of the people. Uh, the, the woman who they have as Tepring is terrific. Oh, she, she really reminds me a lot of the original person. Terrific. And some people were like, oh, this breaks canon. I was like, yes and no. Because what's weird is in the episode where they introduced to Pring, 
Spock very clearly was like, we got engaged when we were children and I haven't seen yep. her since. And I was like, uh, except for this time. Um, <laughs> but her attitude towards him fits. Like you can see like a decade from now where she's just like, you know what? You did not prioritize me. You spent all your time in space. I don't want to marry you. So yeah, I feel like that works. I yeah. buy that part. I, I'm I'm okay with 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 eliminating that that one little line and and going with yeah this is how they they worked it because like you said I think that the the genesis of the character we see later you know the that rejects Spock and says yeah no I'm over you um, if we can see her here yeah absolutely uh, so I was I was very happy with her and uh, going back to the look of everything I loved the look of Vulcan that they showed yes. on this that was beautifully done. Unfortunately, this leads me to the one part of, of this show that I just cannot get past. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure Ethan Peck is a lovely human being, but he is the worst actor I have seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> he was so wow. bad, I was physically cringing watching him. Every time he would say a line, he, I, I would just like wince. He is he is ro he, he plays the character robotic. He walks around like he's got something in his pants. I I don't understand what he's doing with this character. He's when he speaks, I first thought because I've never seen him in anything else, I thought he had an accent. I thought, where is he really from? Um turns out no. He actually, when left to his own devices, speaks with a generic American accent. He just is so uncomfortable with his dialogue. That it, it's like when you watch a high school kid trying to do Shakespeare and it sort of sounds like an accent because the words aren't fitting well in his mouth. And, and that's how he sounds. I just, I, you know, if he, was, if he was a minor character, I could overlook him. But I, I, it drives me crazy that he is in the role of Spock. I thought he did a, well, on Discovery, I thought he did a good job. So, I didn't see Discovery. Yeah, I on just, Discovery, I, I, thought, he, I thought he was fine. I I love when um, he and Dupring are getting ready to get jiggy and Pike calls. <laughs> He's like, oops, man. Naked. <laughs> that was like, so great. It's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, great. Uh, but uh, my, way, my uh, Chris Hunter, Jeffrey Hunter's son, is a big fan of Anson Mount taking up the role of the character. Yeah, yeah. he said that they, looked, oh, yeah. they, they 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 had a really. In the episode you guys are talking about, the flashback, they have this shot where they they have Chris Hunter in or in the episode and it pushes into his face and then it changes into Anson Mount and it's perfect. Well, no, they, they did what they did is they did for for the, that Discovery episode, they said previously on Star Trek and they have clips from the cage. And they do a match dissolve from Hunter to Mount. That's what like, I just said. It's but I, I'm saying they did a. Anyway, it was a great thing for you to be like, oh my god, they do look alike. But um, my my favorite thing about this is that what's really weighing on Pike is his future. Not not only did he see his future, but the fact that he experienced it, he felt it. He felt like his yep. his him melting and. He felt himself die or almost die. Um, and then he saw what he became like that would screw up anybody. And so I really like that. That's going to be the man versus himself aspect of, of this show is that he's going to be struggling with that uh, for a while, I think. And I'm, I really like that part that that's my favorite part of the show. 
I think it's interesting that both characters by, played by Major Barrett Roddenberry are represented in the primary cast. <laughs> oh, right. I yeah. do not like uh, the Nurse Chapel, though. I think she's too... She's not playing... Like, at least number one feels like the character that Majel set up. It feels like the same person. Nurse Chapel, who we got several seasons with, this woman is not playing her at all. Like, she's a completely different person, and I find that irritating. Huh. Yeah, she's very... She's very spunky and sparkly. Right. That, and, is not, yeah. that is not... That is not Nurse Chapel. Chapel. Although... Although, unless they're planning on doing something that shows you how she evolves into that person 10 years from now. That's true. I'm, I'm willing could. to accept that. Yeah, no, but I, I at the moment, that. I do not like her. So That's I like all. her. I just don't, don't accept her as the, the, the same nurse chapel. All right. So let's wrap that up. I think we're saying thumbs up for Strange New Worlds. Uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can leave them at tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook, sci-fi.radio, Weenopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Later. Bye. Bye.